Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to ABFC Extra. I'm James Rush and today I'm joined by John Townley of avillafan.com to discuss one player and one player only. We couldn't help but talk at length about the fantastic player that is Aston Villa's goalkeeper, Emmy Martinez. His performance at Brighton speaks alone, but for the performances he's had across the season, we couldn't not feature him for an entire episode. So here's me and John speaking at length about Emmy Martinez. You are listening to AVFC Extra, a no-nonsense look at the club we all love. Brought to you by the Claret and Blue podcast. Oh, John, how are you getting on? All good, thanks, James. Thanks for having me uh, on the podcast. Uh, yeah, can't, can't wait to talk about the goalkeeper, the, the man of myth legends that is Emmy Martinez. Yeah, I've been. I'm, I did uh, reach out to you ages ago, probably at the start of the season, maybe saying, "Would you like to come on to speak about Martinez?" Because I think we can do something special. I mean. The guy has went from, well, come on to this, the guy has, has went from strength to strength to strength. But John, firstly, could you just give yourself a quick intro for people who may not be aware who you are and what you do? What, what yeah, you do yeah, right now? of course. Yeah, so um, I'm a university student at the moment at the University of Gloucestershire, but I'm, I've obviously been, I don't know if you might have seen me on Twitter or something. Um, basically, if you go to my Twitter, which is at John Townley 11 I've just got plenty of articles that just go up um, every other day, basically. So if you'd like to check those out, that would be on my Twitter. Um, I write for a Villa blog called a Villa Fan. You, you, the viewers, I'm sure, are probably well versed in what they do. They do some great stuff. Um, and yeah, try my try my hand at all types of different writing, basically. So if you're into that kind of thing, different bits of analysis, features, whatnot, then yeah, be sure to check those out. Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen a, a lot of you writing uh, these days. I think today. As of recording, I think when the episode goes out today as well, you did a, a you, re- you refreshed a piece about Jed Steer, so it, it's pretty topical what you've been writing about recently, John. And uh, I think I remember correctly, you did a piece on Jake Do- Doyle Hayes a few times at uh, Cheltenham. Was it, is that correct? I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm based down in Cheltenham as well. Um, I work with Cheltenham Town, um, and they, you know, obviously gave me a good opportunity to talk to Jake Doyle Hayes. A couple of guys there at the moment are from Villana, Indiana Vassilov has obviously joined too. Hopefully, I'll get a word with him. Um, and that will hopefully go on up on a Villa website soon. But yeah, no, um, yeah, just as I say, check check my Twitter out. Hopefully, you'll you'll find something that you like on there. I do all types of different bits and bobs. So yeah, there's, I'm sure there'll be something there that people enjoy reading at some point. On to the meat of the issue, then we're we're here to speak about Emmy Martinez today. Yeah. The first thing we need to speak about Emmy Martinez is how he joined because it raised a lot of eyebrows. I mean. In the mainstream, it did. I think a lot of Arsenal fans, Arsenal reporters, you know, people who followed Premier League very, very closely knew that Villa were onto a good thing with Martinez. But for the mainstream scene, some spent, I think, what, 20 million on, on a goalkeeper. But it, it seemed a bit strange considering Tom Heaton was coming back from injury. They had Kalinic, Nyland, the potential to even look at bringing Rayner back in. It didn't seem like goalkeeper was a problem, John. But no. Yeah, well, from what we've seen, what did you make of that kind of intro, the, the lead up to the, the move even? 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I remember watching the Community Shield, Community Shield final, and I remember him taking passes inside a six yard box from David Lewis and whatnot, and he's taking it with his right, passing out with his left, and I'm thinking, like, I know he's a good goalkeeper, but already I'm seeing a player that can probably play midfield. <laughs> you know, is that kind of quality? And I believe that you know, as we go on through the years, hopefully Martinez will also be staying with us, and we can kind of build on that brand of football that Dane Smith is trying to instill. I remember when Martinez did join. And I think when Smith phoned him and basically said, you're going to be a big part of the dressing room, but not just that, you're going to be a big player um, for us full stop because he can take the ball in those tight areas and kind of you know use Mings, use concert, install that real belief in the team, like he did with Arsenal, because that Arsenal team was, you know, before Arteta came in, pretty much bereft of confidence. Um, and to have a goalkeeper with the standard of Martinez, the quality, you know, he kind of, as I say, really gave that team a belief. And with Villa, that's, you know, gone up to another level because we can't forget that we were that team that conceded the second most goals last season in the Premier League. So for one goalkeeper who had only played about what 12 appearances last season during Project Restart to come into a Villa team, as you say, almost you know on its on its heels most part of last season comes in and there's obviously had a huge impact this term. Um, and as I'm sure we'll go on to touch about touch on, but you know, plenty of statistics that kind of back up of how good a footballer he actually is, rather than just the goalkeeper that can keep the ball out of the back of his net, which you know everyone can see as well. Yeah, I think it's it's so odd because the situation with Arsenal and Martinez, it, they had Leno at the same time, a, a starting goalkeeper, and and Martinez who who took his chance when Leno went off injured and and never really really looked back. And it's funny you bring up that Community Shield one because. That's a performance that really, in my mind, apart from the Villa stuff, defines Martinez because yeah. it, that competition, right, is defined as a Mickey Mouse trophy. It's in the eyes of teams who don't play in it or don't feature in it every season or every two or three seasons. No one really, it's, it's just the intro to the season. In its own right, it's probably some kind of prestigious, uh, you know, opener, season, season opener, but. Martinez was playing that game like a World Cup final and yeah. in his hearts of hearts he must have known this is either the last chance for me to impress on Arsenal that I am the first choice goalkeeper or it is genuinely my last appearance in a um in an Arsenal shirt. But yeah, it it, it speaks to the kind of character he is and I think a lot about Martinez is that character because to be a good goalkeeper, be an elite goalkeeper. You need to have that character. So what have you kind of found out about Martinez's character since he's joined Villa or even before? Yeah, I mean, I remember writing a recent piece and I basically titled it as Emi I mean, I mean, Martinez has that sort of mentality to kind of match Aston Villa's ambitions because I remember watching him at the Majeski. I think it was Tyrone Minks' debut. It was February 2019, yes. I believe it was now, when we were obviously pro that season. Um, and he was in goal for Reading and you you didn't really mm-hmm. notice him apart from that kind of blonde dyed hair that he had. But... You know, to kind of think then you're going to be having the Reading goalkeeper in two years that's going to, you know, be leading that kind of Premier League resurgence. Um, and back then, we didn't even think we were going to get promoted because we're obviously missing Jack Grealish. But we've kind of, Emmy Martinez and Villa have kind of both met ahead almost of, you know, our, let's say Emmy Martinez's career has gone in a really, you know, positive trajectory. And so is, you know, Villa. Obviously, we're now um, on course for European football in the coming years. And it's kind of just come towards ahead as I say and you know it's brilliant to see that Martinez can now fulfill his kind of ambitions and everything that he's set out to achieve before in his career and he's now doing it with Villa a club that have been you know obviously well we know where we've been in the last uh, decade or so you know to have a goalkeeper that's one of our best goalkeepers in Premier League um, in general this season and one of our best uh, Premier League goalkeepers in history 
to have that at this point of where we are, I think it's, you know, brilliant time for not just Martinez, but also for the club. It's funny you speak about the Reading um, situation as well, because I do remember that, that game. Um, it was, as you said, Tyrone Mings' debut, and there was obviously yeah. a lot of other incidents in that game. That yeah, he left on. his stamp uh, on the game, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I'm sure you won't appreciate. I was bringing that out. He's probably said a, a few. He's had, probably had to apologise for that more than uh, anything else in his uh, in his yeah. life. But that game, I do remember. Martin has been such a frustration to uh, to Villa, and you don't think about the quality of the goalkeeper. You think about how frustrating they are to verse yeah. when he's an opposition goalkeeper, especially when and, it's in the championship. Yeah, because there's quite a few of them in the championship as um, people who probably played against Sam Johnston uh, last season found out. But, um, you know, I, I digress. He was fantastic in that game. And you, as I said, you never think about them, their future, do you? Because they're opposition players. The same with the, uh, I forgot his name, but the Bristol City goalkeeper in a few games, he really, really frustrated. Ma- Martin- Max O'Leary. Yeah. There you go. That's why we've got you on, John, to be, uh, to be the uh, resolution to my stumbles. But the, the really important thing about Martinez is how he took that chance. And if you go back through the stats and these appearances, it's it's, it's like the obvious goalkeeping history. If you were to land the Wikipedia page of any kind of second-choice goalkeeper, this is kind of what it looks like. No starts for the parent club. They go out on loan, on loan to teams like you know Sheffield Wednesday and they start 10 or so games. They have a successful spell at, say, a relegation-threatened championship team in the form of Rotherham, like Martinez, and they start eight games. They're looking up. Then they go on another loan spell to, to a Wolves and it, it's middling back to the parent club few Premier League games here and there when there's an injury, uh, maybe a European loan spell. Yeah. If we've, in Martinez's case, I think the one that Hataf has mentioned a lot and it's not yeah. a good look for him. Not really a chance, five starts. He's, he's, he's not really hitting double digits of starts as he hits the age of 25. When he gets to Reading, though, that opportunity is there, 18 starts, to, you know, five, five or so clean sheets for Reading and that time Reading weren't very, very good at all. Yeah. Since he's took that chance, since Reading gave him that chance to start a a run of games, he's not looked back. And I think that speaks t- again to his character. All he needed was a chance. And I think this is the perfect time to speak about his background because this is a guy, John. Left Argentina at the age of 17, grew up in extreme poverty that mm. we listeners probably e- even couldn't imagine. Houses with no doors or windows, you know, walking yeah. five kilometers to school. It's that growth yeah. is crazy. Yeah, it is. It's I, I don't like using the rags to riches kind of tag because yeah. I think it's quite unfair sometimes. But you know, this is as you say, his father sometimes sometimes couldn't even afford to put food on his own plate, and instead would opt to buy Martinez's you know first pair of goalkeeper gloves to kind of get him that move to Independiente and Buenos Aires, which is about a two-hour journey from his family home. So sometimes he wouldn't even see his dad um, for months. And obviously, as you say, then going to Arsenal, um, it's a, it's a well-documented the amount of loans that he's had. We, you know, we have players like uh, Matty Cash, Ollie Watkins and Tyra Mings even that have spent time in, you know, non-league, different, you know, levels, kind of doing it the hard way. But <laughs> I don't know if he even rubs shoulders with the kind of journey that Martinez has had. Obviously, he's much more well-travelled in that sense. But also, as you say, the background, the way that he's done it, it's absolutely inspirational. And I remember thinking... You know, I'm almost proud that Martinez is our goalkeeper, not just because he's, you know, comparable and statistically, you know, one of the best in the division, but 
for his story, for his, you know, the backlog of things that he's done with different teams and, you know, his mentality, as you say, you touched on the Reading um, low move just then. And I believe that at one point, I think Bielsa wanted him in that same championship season, but he almost turned Leeds down. He was almost an automatic um, favourite. Obviously, what turned out to be um, wasn't the case, but Martinez might have boosted their chances, who knows. Um, and he chose to go to Reading instead because I remember he said that he firmly remembers when he was with Arsenal at the Majeski when they lost 7-5 in that League Cup game, that crazy League Cup game in 2013, I think it was. And he remembers the Reading uh, fans jeering him, giving him a bit of sticks. Obviously, that wouldn't have been his uh, best moment in an Arsenal shirt. And I remember he, he said, um, yeah, after he finished his time at Reading, all the Reading fans were up pleading him to stay, you know, chanting his name at the um, full-time whistle in the last game of the 2018-2019 season. So, again, it kind of shows you that mentality of proving everyone wrong, you know, Whilst, as you say, his journey is very much a secondary goalkeeper's journey as such, he's got he's just got that mentality that sets him apart. He's been at Arsenal for 10 years, but you wouldn't have known it. Um, but he certainly did. And, you know, we've so probably touched on like different bits like the Project Restart and he's, how he's kept himself fit. You know, his girlfriend was asking him in Project Restart, why are you keeping yourself so fit? Why have you built a gym outside? He even had like a full-size goal in his back garden. So it's probably a big plot of land that he had. And his um his son would be throwing Santi would be throwing the balls in this like ball launcher, which if you if no one would know it, it was basically for goalkeepers you put a ball in this launcher and it goes at like so many miles per hour. Um, luckily for Arsenal, he, he wasn't injured from that. But um, no, yeah, and his story is so uh, you know so filling. It's very inspirational. But he deserves you know we could say Ben Leno getting injured was that kind of stroke of luck that you needed. But ultimately, to keep yourself in that kind of condition, well, like when he went to that Reading loan, his body body percentage fat was the lowest that he's had in his whole career so he kept himself on tip, tip top condition all, you know all his career and you know he's only 27 right now you'd be thinking this guy's 32 by the amount of low moves he's made but no it's amazing how kind of at his peak and almost how far from his potential he could be because yeah it's, it's just just the character that he is mm. like living on your own in buenos aires i mean yeah. at 12 with independiente um the family as well. I think it was on Graham Hunter's podcast. A really, it's a really good um, conversation with Martinez. And I think um, Dan will be linking it into the uh, the show notes, the description below. He's talking about, you know, my family's begging me not to go to Arsenal and the club have to mm. sell me to fund a new stadium. And it's like, you have this choice. You go to Arsenal. And it was probably the best movie of his life to go to Arsenal now where he's ended up. But what if you stay at Independiente and become that club legend and, you know, you, you're one of Argentina's greatest footballers on a, on a local domestic level and uh, international level as a goalkeeper, you can make your name in that country. But you look at the cases of like the, the Mexican goalkeeper, Lermo Ochoa, who's one of my favorite goalkeepers for his uh, football manager legend status from uh, 09 to probably FM 13. And as well as these world cup displays from Mexico. And he yeah. kind of never got that same foreign opportunity as you yeah. to move to Liverpool. Fantastic goalkeeper. And I, I just don't know kind of what went wrong. And it seems that's very similar to Martinez's case. Not necessarily like the, the growing up in the poverty, because I'm not sure where Ochoa grew up and came yeah. from, but Martinez's growth, taking a chance to Arsenal. And then it's even like you have a next hard step. It's not like you move to Arsenal and get that chance. You have to wait 10 years yeah. to not get the chance. And it's just mm. the way he speaks in that podcast about the frustration and how he balances it, the psychology. It's not just the exercise he does in the gym. That's fantastic. And the body fat, that's fantastic. It's like the control of the emotions. And he says there's the red and the blue emotion. And the red is like what the fans feel. It's if this goal goes in, we're not 
you know, we're getting relegated. If this goal goes in, Jack Grealish is never featuring for England. If this next goal goes in, we're not getting this. We we have to focus on our new contracts, our transfers, our success. Whereas the blue emotion is, just got to make one more save. You've got to win this one more game. You've got to keep trucking. Like that. I think that yeah. is my kind of really layman description of his uh, intense yeah. emotional control. But it just goes to show, what, and I, it's just probably 16th time I've said it, the character he is. And that is so, regardless of the ridiculous saves will come on and, and his abilities yeah. in the game, the emotional control he has as yeah. someone who has been through the mill. John, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think he said Arsene Wenger told him when he joined, you, you, you'll be number one one day. But for that sort of manager to tell you that, and then it gets on to like 2014, 2015, 16, 17, 19, 19. You know, 2020 was the year that he broke through and that was under a different manager altogether. And we all know how long Arsene Wenger stayed at Arsenal. So yeah. he's had psychological knockbacks as well. You know, what must he be thinking when he goes to Rotherham in Oxford and doesn't really make much of that? Um just say really, it's a psychological battle. I think he said that many times himself. Um, psychological battle more than anything else. As I say, to have that kind of presence in your team, you know, think about the kind of the adulation Martinez must have had once he's lifted that FA Cup and Community Shield, then making the move to Villa. And obviously, you know, we, we all know what he wants to do with Villa. He wants to get European football and, you know, strive for the best at our club now. But, yeah, you see, like after the Wolves game, he's bringing all the players around for a big team huddle. He's clearly a massive presence in the dressing room, and he wants to, you know, he wants to be that leader in the team. Whilst Jack Grealish might have the armband, he's very much like a Tyrone Mings, you know, that kind of last line of defence, but you know, a massive voice in the dressing room in general. Um, I remember Arsenal as well. He, I mean, he's obviously going to be speaking uh, different bits of Spanish and Portuguese. Um, and he took uh, Gabriel Martinelli under his wing as well when he joined Arsenal, obviously, as, um, as a youngster a couple of years ago. And obviously, because Martinez is, is part of the furniture at Arsenal in many ways, even though he's been through so many different low moves, he must have had 10, 12 pre-seasons at the club. So, you know, he's, he's taken Martinelli under his wing, you know, being um, that kind of old presence in the dressing room, probably one of Arsenal's longest serving players too. So, yeah, he's that, again, that mentality definitely sets him apart, but it also puts him in good stead that other people can just learn off him not just in the footballing sense. You know, I'm sure he's brilliant with the upcoming goalkeepers that we have that obviously Neil Cutler's working with, you know, like Anodi and um, Oliver Zeich, um, different you know guys like these. But just to be in that dressing room, you know, Ollie Watkins can learn a couple of things from him, you know, just his mentality. For example, in that West Ham game, um, obviously that wasn't his best moment in a village shirt and he probably won't have a, a worse game than that. Um, but straight away the day after, he ordered Ollie Watkins to get on that training pitch and take, um, you know, so many shots against him. A body mohif, you know, the day after, and he didn't let one in. So it's that mentality that people can learn from. Um, you know, he's inspirational. The guy is completely inspirational, and it's it's a credit to the club that we've kind of um, identified that and made such a quick move on him when the um, summer window came around. Yeah, and it's just how he's kind of. Many people may have used the frustration of missing out at Arsenal to develop mm-hmm. an entirely like new set of emotions and and grow that way, but it seems like. He's almost blanked out. And it isn't a negative being at Arsenal for 10 years. Maybe in some ways it is, but the learning he's done, the frustration, how he's built himself by watching. Because, yeah. look, he's probably had to see, you know, Almunia get his chance, Session get his chance, Fabianski, yeah. Manona. He's, seen, yeah, he's yeah. seen a lot of people come in and get their chance, grow up and get their chance, move on and get another chance. And he's been waiting there. And a, a lot of the frustration, before we move on to his time at Villa, like... Yeah. I get the frustration as to, as to why fans were upset with him moving away from Arsenal, but 
we've got was there an offer for Leno on the table? Like there, there wasn't nothing. Yeah, you have exactly. to. There's an opportunity there to make twenty million and build your team in a different yeah. way. If you have got faith in Leno, carry on. They've now got the problems with having to bring in Matt Ryan or whatever. But for me, I feel like Villa have been the uh, the massive benefactors of this deal. Martinez has went. If you thought he was good at Arsenal, what about this? This is something else. He's been fantastic this season. Yeah, yeah. And John, uh, before we get on to the, the time at Villa, the saves he's made, the performances, the West Ham one, the Arsenal one after, is he Villa's best goalkeeper? If not of all time, the Premier League era. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I can't <laughs> say that I've watched Villa before 2000 because I wasn't born. But um, <laughs> I think... I mean. I think he's got to be there, hasn't he? I mean, I don't understand how there could be a better um, goalkeeper, at least over the first, you know, how many games he's played, 20 games or so for Villa now, yeah. um, in the Premier League. Uh, again, taking away that West Ham game, perhaps. But the kind of, the levels that he's set, um, very consistent and obviously very quality. But at the same time, these are just the levels that he had at Arsenal. So it kind of gets to that point again of what were Arsenal doing for those 10 years, or at least three years before he made his, you know, project restart kind of um, uh, debut as such. Um you know, so I'm, I'm not sure they, what they had going on there. But again, you know, he's set different levels and I, I'd presume he probably is going to be the best. He will at least go on to be the best goalkeeper we've ever had in Premier League history. Because it's not a four-year deal. He's here to stick around. You know, he hasn't just said, oh, I want to get European football um, and then clear off after a season. Um, he's, he wants to break Brad Friedel's 15 clean sheet, 15 clean sheet record. And, he's, you know, he's kept you know, in 54% of the games he's played so far for Villa. He's already kept, you know, 12, second most in the division. So, is already, you know, well over halfway of getting that. I'm sure he'll um, get that already. And that's a massive claim to being the best goalkeeper in the division. Because again, we can't forget, apart from Matty Cash, this is a defence that considered the second most goals. And it's not just because Tyra Mings, Ezra Contra and Matt Target have come on leaps and bounds. They've come on leaps and bounds, yeah. But that's also because they know they've got an absolute brick wall behind them. Um, yeah, it, it installs a whole belief across the whole team. Ollie Watkins knows if he scores the goal, the likelihood is that we win 1-0. Um, you know, 2-0 against Newcastle with different, you know, 1-0 against Wolves. The, the amount of results that we have that a couple of years ago were released in the Premier League this decade. How many games have we won 1-0, 2-0? It probably isn't many, you know. We're never comfortable, are we, as Villa fans? But this season, your heart rate kind of just goes a little bit because it's it's more comfortable. I remember watching the Newcastle game and there was, there was no threat and that's not just because Newcastle were poor on the day. It's Emi Martinez just really does just give that, um, you know, installs the belief Leaf and you can clearly see the um, impact that he's had on the team. And it's only, as I say, it's only been 20 games. It's been, you know, just over half of the season now. Imagine what he can do over three or four years. So, you know, it's exciting times ahead. And yeah, you know, can't wait to see what he can bring to the team in the coming years. So the stats line I've got up says he's got 12 clean sheets or so through how many games we've played. We, you know, we haven't finished the season yet. And Brad Friedel had 15 in yeah. a full season. And that's the Premier League record. Mark Bosnich, 13. Brad Friedel again with um, 13. And Thomas Sorensen even, even had 12 himself in a season, which is, you know, mm. nothing really to sniff at considering the teams he was he was playing in. Yeah, yeah. Martinez, 12 already. Um, Villa have, as you said, Villa have massively improved. That is some yeah. some going in the, in the Premier League era. Um, I've got a stat from Rob Bishop as well. Um, he says on Twitter, it didn't count because it was before the Premier League in jest. But Jimmy Cummings <laughs> kept, might be Cumes, <laughs> kept 18 clean sheets in the third division in uh, 71 to 72. Which is uh, which is pretty pretty fantastic. That was a forty-two game season, so there's a lot of differentials yeah. there. The quality mm. of the teams in the third division in nineteen seventy, I yeah. can't really speak to at all. Yeah. But what Martinez is doing 
pretty fantastic. And look, Villa have been blessed with good goalkeepers in their own right. I mean, Tom Heaton, really, really decent all-rounder. Yeah. Even last season, Pepe Reina, probably not at the height of his powers, but in terms of distribution, you've never seen anyone better with, with, almost with the yeah. ball, playing exactly like you said as a midfielder. Or your Nyland on his day, sometimes he could be that elite shot stopper. There was a lot of other questions about him, to be fair. Mm. Martinez is like, not excelling any one of them. He's all of them almost at Absolutely. once. He probably isn't a better distributor than Reina. He probably doesn't have these, you know, the, the pedigree of some of these keepers who've had the like, like Nyland who's had to play in the uh, under 20s World Cups and become the kind of second place in the Golden Glove against De Gea. But he has built on them and he has become what they all should have been. And it, it goes to the question at the start why did Villa buy Martinez when they had Tom Heaton? Because Martinez is a little bit of everything, just a little bit better. And I think yeah. great decision to buy him. The only low light of his time here was that West Ham game. And even then, he was pulling off some stops. It was just probably mm. the one or two shots that went through that, he, that hit his palms. And he probably could have felt, if I save those, it's a game changer. Yeah. Moves on against Arsenal, John. Fantastic save against Granit Zaki. He pulled off a few, but the one against uh, Zaka in the free kick comes in. He leaps and it's like he gets the NFL wide receiver height and he doesn't save it with his fingertips, which I thought was interesting. He manages to get his whole palm to it. It's it's such yeah. a comfortable, comfortable save for something so extreme and dramatic. And his, his, his qualities in distribution, amazing. The quality and leadership, amazing. He didn't need to go to the under-20s World Cup like Norland. He didn't need to be a uh, Man U graduate that got his chance at Burnley like Tom Heaton. He didn't need to be elite like Pepe Reina, he had all those qualities already and they're coming through with this run of games at Villa. He's the best of all of the good goalkeepers we've had, which is uh, fantastic. But John, uh, what's his highlight so far of his uh, Villa, short Villa career? Yeah, I mean, it kind of speaks as much about the kind of player that he is as anything else, but I I don't think you can really look past his debut. <laughs> it kind of set Kind of set set the standard. Um, yeah. see, well, he, be, he became the first Premier League, uh, the first Premier League goalkeeper for Villa to keep a clean sheet and to save a penalty in the same game at Villa Park on his debut. And you know you can't really get too much better than that, can you? But um, just going back on that Arsenal save, I don't even know if Shaka's free kick was going in, which it makes the save even better. It looked like he might have just been clicking the bar, and it's like, how mm. on earth is he? You know that you're not supposed to get to those angles, Emmy, but he's managed it. Um, and again, that's the game after West Ham. After that, he follows it up against Brighton and keeps another clean sheet and makes how many saves? You know, he's going to save us between six to ten points a season, I reckon. Um, and again, it's scary to think of the levels that he can produce. He's only 27 years old. He's working under Neil Cutler. He's got a track record of um, improving goalkeepers like Neyland. As you say, Neyland had his flaws. But, you know, look at that um, second home leg. So second leg of the Carabao Cup last season against Leicester. That was... Or with, all due, with all due respect to Martinez, we probably won't even see a better goalkeeper performance than what Nealon brought out on that on that night. Um, but you know, different people, that, different goalkeepers that work with Neil Cutler all say, you know, magnificent um, his job. Like Richard O'Donnell, the old Walsall goalkeeper, said he was one of the best coaches in the country in his opinion. So for Martinez to be working under a coach of Cutler's quality, and again, it speaks volumes of where the clubs go and the infrastructure that we've put in place to let these players not only come to the club and do their part, but also improve. You know. Um, so yeah that, that's you know really encouraging as well but no I again there's levels that he can reach that we can't you know I don't want to limit you know his ceiling is I don't know what that ceiling is but you'd be you'd be um, foolish to think or limit that um, because you said the way that the club's going the way that Martinez is playing um, it all bodes 
uh, terrifically well for the future. Do you reckon he's the best goalkeeper in the Premier League at the moment then? And I'm putting you on the spot again. This is uh, a, it, actually the first no, question was harder. The best best one in Villa's history is harder because there's a lot of uh, passionate yeah. fans. You might remember yeah, yeah. someone from the 50s, but I, best in the Premier League. Uh, I would make a shout for it. And simply because I think the only goalkeeper that you could say is better right now, if you're going to make an argument, would probably be Edison. That is mainly due to the fact that he's playing for Manchester City. Um, and that's not to disrespect Edison in any way, shape or form, because the you know, defensive improvements that Man City have put on this season are for all to see. And obviously, you know, Ruben Diaz and et cetera, you know, big parts of that and Edison plays as part two. But for Emi Martinez to come into a club, you know, again, we were we were all but relegated before Project, before Project Restart kicked off. Even with four games to go, we were seven points behind. And all of a sudden, we've you know, magically turned it around and maybe had a pinch of luck here and there. But Emi Martinez, is, you can tell he's the kind of character that comes into a club and he's not only a good goalkeeper or a good distributor. He's, 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 he's got the mentality that kind of fits the club. And it's absolutely no surprise that he's leading from the back, which is something in itself. Um, you know, and it's, it's not that he's just a good goalkeeper. We can talk for another couple of hours about all the stats that he's pulling out from, you know, you know, uh, goals saved and different save percentages, whatnot. But it's the way that he controls, not necessarily controls, it dictates in the tempo of games or whatnot, but he certainly sets standards um, in the dressing room. You know, I, I remember when he comes and collects the ball uh, from an Arsenal cross when we won 3 0 at the Emirates, collects it and bowls it out for Grealish, and Grealish leaves Hector Bellerin on his bum, and then Ollie Watkins scores. And that is largely down to Martinez's, um, you know, commitment to win the ball. I think last season, uh, during Project Restart, only Nick Pope claimed more crosses than Martinez. Um, and then this, this season, Martinez has made 86 throws out of his box, which by no means is the most, but it's certainly not the least. But it seems like every game he's doing that kind of action where he collects the ball and bowls it out to Grealish, who he calls, obviously, the right foot Messi. Um, you know, but it, it kind of proves how effective he is um, at kind of distributing the ball, doing it at the right times. As I say, he's kind of adopted that Pepe, Rona, Pepe Rannis, uh, like slice kick as well, which is always incredibly um, satisfying to watch. But no, he's, he's become an integral part of the team after only 20 games. I, I don't think you can really, you know, you can't knock that. And there's certainly a claim to suggest he's the best goalkeeper in the league right now. He's certainly, you know, going through levels that we were watching again. You know, when he's playing with Arsenal, he's getting even better now. So, yeah, there's definitely a claim. And yeah, I'll give it to him. I, I think he probably is the best goalkeeper in the league right now. In terms of corners, it's really funny because a lot has been made of Villa's marking at corners and some of the dodgy things yeah. that can occur when Vestergaard beats John McGinn to a ball. But I'm looking over it. In terms of goalkeepers who've played the same, you know, same amount of games as him, he's only conceded two goals. And, you know, the characters who only concede two goals obviously have good marking at defence. But it's people like Edison... Larice, um, Fabianski, who are claiming these corners, and at the other end of the table, you got Aaron Ramsey conceding four times. To- Aaron um, Ramsdale, sorry, conceding yeah. four times as many. Even Guaita, who's a very good goalkeeper, conceding seven. Nick Pope conceding six. So Martinez is really, really effective at dealing with one of Villa's really like bogey set pieces that we've um, yeah. assumed. The, the post shot goals, expected goals against. So this is. A, Expected goals judges kind of the quality of the, the area of the chance, the type of chance. The shot itself is post-shot, post-shot expected goals. So he's got, you know, a differential positive 6.4. So he saved 6.4 post-shot expected goals. You know, the, the only person who betters that in terms of um, shot stopping is Nick Pope. And these two, in terms of that shot stopping, are on an absolute island. 
six yeah. times as much as Fabi- Fabianski, Allison, Johnston, who are, for me, Johnston has really made a name for himself this season. Fabianski's brilliant. Allison having a rough patch at the moment. Those are the guys he should be aiming to be. He's, sure. in terms of this specific stat, almost six times better. He's having a laugh at the moment. He's he's in a dream world where he's just, everything is going so, so right. And we've yeah. seen this before at Villa. We saw it. That I don't want to compare him to Brad Guzan, but Brad Guzan had one fantastic season at Villa. He took his chance and you thought, that's it now. He's become, he's had his chance. Brad Friedel's gone. Yeah. Guzan's the man. Great. We don't have the advanced goalkeeping stats. They weren't recorded at the time. I imagine they'd be pretty good because Villa were still a pretty awful team at, at that time under Lambert and he was dealing very well with a lot he had chucked at him. He really declined after that, probably not even full season, probably a three quarters, half a season. I don't see that happening with Martinez. I think yeah. the chance he's taken is definitely a chance he will never, it, he's never looking back in my eyes because of of all the stories he tells before we got this chance, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna do this, I'm going to do that, I manage my psychology. He didn't know what was going to happen to him in that Graham. He didn't know, you know, if he was going to move to Granada and be on the bench, whatever. Like Villa took their chance, bought bought him, and he took his chance now at Villa. And man, I, he ain't looking back. Fantastic. No, yeah, you mentioned the post shot expected goals. You know, minus goals allowed is almost the formula that they use to basically outline. Let's just say how many yeah. goals have they um, not conceded that they probably should have. Um, and last season during Project Restart, or at least per 90 last season, when, when Emi Martinez got his break, he was first for that start as well, which is, you know, it kind of proves you, it exactly proves your point of this isn't Emi Martinez going through a good season like what Brad Guzan had, or I'm sure there's other, plenty of Premier goalkeepers that have had you know, similar you know, brilliant seasons and then fallen off a little bit. But this yeah. is Emi Martinez continuing his form. So it's not that we've picked up a goalkeeper and all of a sudden he's doing well. Yeah. It's we've picked up a goalkeeper who was doing well and is now, you know, consistently knocking up these stats that are just, just like they speak for themselves. This, you know, we, uh, Villa, we're we, we're blessed with a goalkeeper now that you know he's keeping Tom Heaton um, out of completely out, you know, out of focus. We, we forget he's there, and Jed Steer too could have claimed a number one spot last season if it wasn't for injuries. You know, people forget how integral he was to our promotion season. So, you know, all these Jed Steer, Tom Heaton, you know, both could claim number one spots. So, Martinez, as you just say, is. In, is, is in the league of his own in some of these statistics and you know, measures that you know we can look at now. But you now, as you say, um, incredible goalkeeper. We're, we're, we're blessed to have him, and I don't know where we'd be without him come the end of the season. Yeah, I think like I was so surprised when we signed a goalkeeper. I thought we probably probably did need maybe someone uh, added to the department because mm. we didn't we we weren't going to use Kalinic. Nyland showed the glimpses, then there'd be a really sloppy or silly error and we'd have to move on to put Rainer back in. Rainer, ageing loan, Tom Heaton injured. So we probably did need someone. I didn't. I just didn't expect it to be someone who is showing, if not elite, genuinely world-class signs of being such a brilliant, brilliant goalkeeper and someone to be a true example. Just cannot believe he hasn't been capped by Argentina. I mean, he, he's, he should be. Yeah. Like, I can't see why. Why not? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I think um, they'd still go with Romero. So to Romero from United, who obviously isn't playing nowadays. Um, then you've got the goalkeepers like Machisin from Porto, uh, you know, Rulli from uh, Villarreal. So good calibre of goalkeepers, I suppose. But again, we can't forget him Martinez. Just because he's playing for Aston Villa, who weren't necessarily great last season, this is a goalkeeper who set standards at Arsenal, won them an FA Cup, won them, won them a Cunard Shield, beat Liverpool at Anfield through some amazing saves. You know, this is a goalkeeper on top of his game. But 
those, as you say, don't limit his ceiling. We don't know where he's going to go from here. Um, but it's certainly looking up rather than, um, you know, this is what I'm saying. This isn't his peak of form. He's got another levels to go to because he's already proved that. He's only 27. He's still got, you know, six years left at least. Um, and hopefully at least four or five of those will be at Villa. Right. I think the final point then, uh, John, he's been in England 10 or so years now. Allegible. He hasn't been capped by Argentina. I haven't bothered to cap him. He has been called up, but he hasn't been capped. England don't really have a problem with goalkeepers. I mean, you could call up Tom Heaton in an emergency. Nick Pope is fantastic. Probably would you. They probably still would start Jordan Pickford just because of what he's the player he should be, even though he's having a really, really poor season. For me, I think Martinez. Very worthy of a call up and definitely a cap if he's up for it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying no to that. As you say, there's, you almost kind of have to compare him to world football. Um, you say, you say, you say, world class. You know, if he's one of the best in the Premier League, you know, the Premier League sets different standards to yeah. the French league and you know different leagues like this. Um, so when we're comparing players in the Premier League, more often than not, that's going to be one of the best in you know Europe's top five leagues. So you know, again. Martinez isn't going to be, um, you know, we, we must compare him to these great goalkeepers that are knocking around nowadays, uh, and that's a testament to him. Um, so yeah, there's absolutely no reason um, not to give him more caps, and he fully would fully deserve them. And I'm sure any sort of World Cups or you know different tournaments, it's you know it's it's um it it certainly represents Aston Villa um, extremely well. It's great to see. Perfect, John. Well, thank you very, very much for coming on because, I mean, we got a lot out of Martinez today, which is just such, you know, it's a great topic just to focus on one player and speak about because he's a fantastic player. I think there's a few more we could uh, go and speak about in the future, but I'd like to thank you for coming on. Uh, for the final time, where can people find you if they want to bug you about Martinez? If they want to bug me about Martinez, yeah, mainly just my Twitter, uh, John, John Townley 11 is my Twitter handle, and then you can follow um, any of my sort of articles at villafan.com. Um, the blog site and then there's plenty of other guys that are doing some great work uh, on that site so yeah be sure to check them out the last one was about Jed Steer so I think he's uh, hitting uh, Martinez's age now so should something (laughs) happen and he get his chance he could be the next Martinez yeah Yeah, we'll re-upload that article again (laughs) (laughs) but cheers thank you very much for coming on John appreciate your time thank you thanks for having me Thank you for listening to AVFC Extra, an additional dose of Aston Villa content for you, brought to you by the Claret and Blue podcast team. If you enjoyed the episode, please do get in touch with us, get involved in the comment sections, tweet us at Claret Blue Pod, or leave us a review on iTunes. We really do appreciate it. We'll catch you again very soon with some more content. Until then, up the villa. Up the villa.